Welcome to Round Hill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy in the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. Hey, Ed. Hi, Leslie. How's it going? It's going great. How about you? Good. We're halfway through December. Wow. Are you feeling Christmassy yet? Um, slowly. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> Embracing it. Getting there. Um, as a a lead into our conversation today, we discovered that the great Reverend Dr. Ed Horseman has not yet seen the Muppets Christmas mm. Carol. Shocking. So this is now on your to-do list, I it, believe. It jumped right to the top. And now all I can think of is the songs in my head <laughs> of the great film, The Muppet Christmas Carol, which I was telling you before is easily, in my mind, it's vying for the top spot of the best Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> all right. That and White Christmas. I'm going to you know, give it a careful, careful viewing. And the thing is, too, because it's it's Michael Caine mm-hmm. and the Muppets. So wow. already you've got a winning combination. <laughs> and he plays the whole thing like it's like it's Shakespeare. Oh, I mean, he beautiful. plays it with such <laughs> dedication and focus to the craft that when Marley and Marley, who are Muppets, come up and who the two guys that sit up in the theater and do the heckling, they play Marley and Marley. Oh, beautiful. And they come in, they sing a whole song, and it's, I mean... I'm ready. It's, it is all that is good and pure in this world. And <laughs> well, I'm so excited for, for you. Sure. I'm so excited for you that you get to see this for the first time. <laughs> Which leads us in because you wanted, we were going to talk a little bit about yes. Ebenezer Scrooge. We are. And who was the other person? Joseph. Joseph. Not two uh, names I would have put in the sentence together. So I'm excited to hear your uh, your thoughts on this. My rendition of this? I'm excited. I like putting like different colors together and seeing how they interact. Yeah, this right? feels like uh, together. neon green mm. and like a earthy burgundy. Yeah, raw <laughs> umber or something. Yeah, yeah something quite different. <laughs> well, first of all, I have to confess, Joseph is one of my favorite favorite characters in the Bible. Really? Yep. He, of course, he's on the stage for a very, very short time. Yeah. So you have to pay attention <laughs> to his appearance because once he's there and he does what he's supposed to do, we really don't hear a lot about him. No, we, we don't. We don't hear anything about him Not, to be no. more precise, right? So, well, what is it about him that draws you draws you in? Well, he didn't want to be part of the whole thing. <laughs> the reluctant <laughs> the reluctant hero. I think it's so perfect because so often when we think about, you know, people of faith and the saints and our ancestors and the tradition and all of that, which is wonderful, but we usually think about them as being like willing accomplices to the great spiritual adventures of their time. Sure. Right? I don't think that's really how it goes most of the time. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And there's a great, great biblical tradition of what I would call the reluctant prophet, right? The person who says, uh, no, thanks. (laughs) Do I have to? (laughs) (laughs) Do not want to be part of that. And that's said and done. Mm -hmm. So Joseph stands in actually a very long and revered tradition of uh, naysayers and I think I can identify with this. I've just watched a movie with um, Susan, my spouse, and um, it involves people who had to speak up with courageous voices against an injustice that they saw. And what's really brilliant about this is that they were scared to death to do it. They didn't want to do it. They mm-hmm. knew that they could 
get in big trouble for standing up and all of that. And I think that's kind of, I think that's how Joseph felt. Yeah. So he gets this, you know, astonishing news. He's, he's basically attached somewhat legally and formally to this young woman, Mary, and they're, mm-hmm. they're betrothed to one another and they're going to get married. And she has a little surprise announcement for him. <laughs> Baby on the way. It's a lot. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) So he's definitely not on board with that. Mm -hmm. There are some really, you know, horrifying outcomes in this situation for Mary. Right. um, Being pregnant and not attached to a husband. And where does the baby come from? And so on. I mean, she's at risk. Her life is at risk, quite literally. And uh, even if she, you know, even if she gets away with it, in a sense, moves through this terrible situation with her life, there's the, the lifelong ostracism and alienation right. can come. Joseph thinks he's doing her a favor when he, he says he resolves to put her away quietly. <laughs> Just What, you know, like what a huge favor. Oh, slow clap. Slow <laughs> clap, Joseph. Exactly, yep. And, but, you know, again, here's a man working within a tradition and we keep him in context. Mm-hmm. We, we do our best. Yes. And, um, but someone sneaks into his life in the middle of the night and it is a, an angel who says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And astonishingly, that's pretty much all it takes in his case, <laughs> which is amazing. But when I when I read that passage and then think about the great change that came over him, by the way, he's described as a righteous man. So okay. you know, he's got this, in his own context, he's considered a really good person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out he can get a lot better than good. <laughs> and that's good for, it turns out to be good for Mary and good for Jesus, right? But there's another person who experiences someone sneaking into his life in the middle of the night, and that's our friend Ebenezer Scrooge, mm-hmm. who I'm going to get to get a whole new perspective on with Michael Caine and the Muppets. With two uh, Marley and Marley, the, <laughs> the theater hecklers. <laughs> right? So I, I've been thinking about these two people and how each of them went through a significant change. Mm -hmm. They were headed, each man was headed in a certain direction and there looked to be absolutely no chance of changing that direction, but they did. And because of the intervention of something unknown, elusive, spiritual, right? Coming to them in the middle of the night. And then because of the way they change, they bring really good things to the people around them. And in each case, um, a man becomes a father to someone not his child, in mm-hmm. a sense. I mean, in in Scrooge's case, it's to little tiny Tim there, mm-hmm. and uh, who's ill, and but nevertheless, he's going to become a fatherly presence. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And Joseph becomes basically the father of Jesus. And when that little family needs to become, it needs to get scarce mm-hmm. because they are targeted by Herod, um, he then helps to lead the family away. He and Mary together. So it's it's amazing how these two characters are so much a part of the Christmas drama. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, Ebenezer Scrooge, his, his story is limited to the story of A Christmas Carol. In Joseph's case, he does what he does, and then he more or less disappears from view. Yeah. So that's it. But I mean, in that moment when these people are on stage, they make amazing things happen. And they achieve a much greater sense of goodness or righteousness than perhaps they could have done on their own. So they're, I'm, I'm fans. I like I'm, it. I'm a fan of both of them. I'm fascinated by this <laughs> idea of him being described as righteous. Right. As a modern person, 
right? How how are we to interpret that? Like, what is that saying to the reader? Like, what is the author intending for us to know about Joseph? Well, we have the sense that he's descended from a significant lineage. He comes from the line of David, so he can trace his ancestry back to a great king. Um, we get the impression that he's called righteous because he seems to be a person who's recognized in his community as one who is a follower of the Jewish traditions and laws, mm-hmm. it, let's say in an exceptional way. Like this is somebody you would identify in a faith community and say, that's a really good person. Okay. Right. We really think that's a that's a great person. And maybe Joseph was even an individual upon whom others sought to model their lives. And so that's the righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's someone who is especially attentive to the really vast body of legal codes that would have been inherited from the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would have been acknowledged as such within the community. Turns out, though, that there is a a higher level of righteousness to which he can attain. And that's because um, of his love for this child and caring for this child and the child's mother, something he hadn't anticipated. Makes me think of stories that I've been reading about the civil rights movement, been reading a lot about the civil rights movement this year, and thinking about so many people who were engaged in that. And um, there were many people who were very law-abiding citizens and who had to break certain laws in order to achieve a higher righteousness, mm-hmm. right? So they, they had to, um, you know, cross lines that, um, of behavior and standards in order to be more inclusive, right? right? and to show a greater sense of justice. It was illegal to sit, if you were a black person, to sit at a lunch counter, right? So breaking that law was pointing to a greater righteousness. And so there's a long tradition of that. Maybe we can even trace that back to people like Joseph. And we never do we we never hear what happens to him after that? There's nothing in the in the biblical tradition that gives us any information. And I think over the years probably People of faith have tried to fill in the details, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's nothing that gives us any sense of what happened to him, which is interesting. Right, you know it's a, that that mystery sits there, in a sense, in the middle of Jesus' life. Because by the time, I mean, his we continue to hear about his mother, continue to hear about other members of the family, but not not about Joseph. Right, because she shows up for the rest of his story, correct? Of all, all, Jesus' story, yep, all the way up to his death, right. So it's uh, curious. It is curious. Right. To dig in, maybe. I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah, that right? is really fascinating. So these two two figures, very different mm-hmm. uh, in background, yet both of them become, in a sense, fatherly figures. They both achieve a much greater sense of righteousness because of the intrusion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other kind of interesting thing. You know, for Scrooge, it's like his question to the uh, the nightly ghosts are, you know, is this is this what is going to happen or is this what might happen? Yeah. Right. So he has a choice. And I think in each case, you get the sense, get the sense that there's heavy pressure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To do the right thing. But there's also a sense in which they still can choose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, God's not going to force our hand. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, God loves us as we are and loves us enough not to leave us as we are. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. That's um, that's my take on this. 
Be warned, the ghost of Christmas future yes. is terrifying. <laughs> I'll watch in, this, in the early part of yeah, the Yeah, make sure Dot the dog <laughs> is there to protect you because it's still terrifying. I will keep her close by. <laughs> Frightening. <laughs> I remember watching it as a child and being like, can we skip this part? Oh, <laughs> I want to gosh. skip this part. There, yeah, I would have never thought to put those two characters together, but this idea that you're sort of headed in a certain way and then this, you know, sort of outside force mm-hmm. pings you off into something, something new and something greater yep. in these instances. And initially super inconvenient. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Putting it mildly. Right. right. Just trying, Scrooge was just trying to get some sleep. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. I mean, he ate his bowl of gruel. Right. right. Feed up by the fire. Uh, you know, hey, over the years, and I would have to say this is true myself um, in my experience, that so often, like, the, the good things that we manage to do when we do pluck up our courage and get together with other people and make something happen. Yeah. Quite often, when people look back at those moments, they will say, what was I thinking? Like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. My life was fine or my life was full (laughs) or I didn't want anything. And suddenly I wound up getting totally involved and immersed in Mm -hmm. this cause or helping this person. Right. So often that happens. And it's not that we're always veering away from compassion. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes the, the direction that the, the spirit wants us to, to move in is not something we would just automatically think, yeah, that's that's where I want to go. Right. So I think there's, we probably live with like a secret hesitation about this, like, hope that's not going to happen to me. You know? Sure. I don't want that dream. We have kind of like <laughs> our, our rhythm, our plans, our routines, yeah. and we're kind of headed. I'm, I definitely know about myself that once I make a plan, mm-hmm. hmm. it's, tough to veer me off of that so it would definitely need like i would need like a full burning bush maybe four ghosts i think i have another one i need a bonus a one bonus ghost just to be like come on <laughs> no seriously I, you know look i think for most of it it might it might take some work right right maybe some banging at the door we're big on from early on we're encouraged to con- try to control our destiny and map it out and plan it out why do we have all these goals and calendars with you know right goals in them right. the goal and setting and everything ma- and smart goals smart and goals things, right? yeah and then then these other things come in as kind of a I, what i want to say is as a blessed intrusion yes. right because in the end some remarkable things happen and mm-hmm. but there's there is risk along the way and i think that's what these stories say i mean joseph must have been wondering heading out of town like mm-hmm. i've given it all up you know <laughs> what's happened here <laughs> i was a good guy right. and you know what did i do to deserve this no. <laughs> right? but uh it's such a it's such a great story and the fact that we don't have you know, a darn bit of detail about it sort of gives us a little bit of room to put our own imagination Mm -hmm. spin on there. But, um, I'm just, I'm taking these two with me this, this year through Christmas, these two people, because who knows how that spirit will work in our lives. And it could be in very small ways. It doesn't have to be something gigantic or dramatic. I don't think the spirit ever stops working with us, looking for collaboration. And I think that's part of the big message of Christmas that's easily forgotten. God works in the world through human beings like Jesus, but it's not only Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, he becomes the 
the representative model in a sense of what it, what it looks like to love the world like God loves the world. Mm -hmm. So we get to figure out what that looks like in our own lives, you know, in really, I, I would almost hesitate to say tiny ways because it might look tiny at the inception, but turn out to be something really big. Yeah. We'd love to hear uh, any of our listeners, if there's been a time when you've been making your plans and going on your way and something has come in and knocked you off your path and maybe something great came out of it or maybe it was a difficult thing or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. We have a, um, a email form right at the top of roundhillradio.org. So we'd love to hear from you and join our conversation. Um, you know, I think of us as sort of every time we record a podcast, it's sort of like a three-person conversation. It's mm, us two mm -hmm. and it's you. And so we'd love for to hear from you. So roundhillradio.org. And thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org.